0: I have with me Marvin Herbert, and Marvin is an ex-London gangster-turned-motivational speaker. And I heard part of Marvin's interviews, and uh, real, real, very interesting. Marvin, thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we finally got you on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I appreciate it. Um, So, Marvin, were you born in the U.K., or did you go there from somewhere else?
1: No, I was born in the U.K.
0: And where are your family from?
1: My dad's from Barbados, and my mom's from Liverpool, United Kingdom.
0: Oh, okay. Amazing, man. What time is it over there right now?
1: 4.30.
0: In the afternoon? In the afternoon, yes. Nice. And so I was looking at one of your videos talking about the rough life you had growing up. Uh, tell the folks a little bit about how you grew up in Liverpool and what was this like for you?
1: Um, well, Liverpool, I was born in Liverpool in 1972. <clears throat> and then my mum and dad moved to London mid-70s. So around 77, 78, they moved to London. And that's when the trauma began. My memories of Liverpool were pretty um, harmonious, family-orientated and very connected. I felt connected. I felt alive. I felt normal.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, um, basically, we came to London, um, late 70s. And that's when the alienation started not fitting in, you know, um, being neglected. Um, We was sort of exposed to a lot of racial tension because in London at that time, there was no blacks, no dogs and no Irish allowed in public buildings. Yeah. So it was pretty hostile, especially for a young mixed race child um, growing up in an environment where I wasn't accepted by the black community nor the white on a whole although there was some small percentages of both groups that accepted me thank god
0: (laughs) (laughs) and were you raised by both father and mother were they both in the home together
1: no um my dad my dad was a drug dealer um uh he used to import a large quantity of cannabis into the UK in the 60s and 70s.
0: Right,
1: Um, He's dead now, but um, he was responsible for a lot of large importations. I found out through sort of intelligence and information that my mum my mum's a lot younger than my dad, and she was kind of like my dad's sort of party girl. Um, but he got, he impregnated my mum, and basically, by the time they moved to London, my mum was on the run. My mum was um, addicted to drugs. Um, and she took a lot of drugs, um, sleepers, cannabis, and cocaine, and alcohol. Um, I never really noticed anything until I got to around 9, 10 years of age. When i started experimenting with other people older people in the peer group and it was around 9 10 11 years old. i got introduced to um cannabis first and then around the age of 10 and 11 i was introduced to crack cocaine wow um uh, 11 12 i was introduced to heroin and by the time i was 13 14 I was a frequent user of crack cocaine every day, um cocaine powder every day, cannabis every day, and heroin every two days. So I'll never take heroin for more than three days when I first started taking so I got told back then that I'd get addicted to it forever. So
0: That's amazing.
1: I never got I never got addicted to the heroin but I became Addicted to the drug-induced lifestyle, which then led on to crime.
0: Yeah, your uh, so your father was a drug dealer. Your mother was using drugs, and this happened while you were growing up as a kid, and then you yeah. ended up going down the same path there. Um, so your your father is, is your father white or black?
1: Black, black, black. And your black.
0: mother's white. Correct. Oh, I see. And, and so when you were doing the drugs, did your mother and father know that you were under drugs?
1: Yeah, I was, I was, I was smoking in the same house as my mum. My dad never stayed in the same house as us because by the time I got to 14 years of age, um, I confronted my dad because my dad was very abusive physically to me and my brothers and sisters. He burned my hand over a fire once for stealing some sweets from the candy store. Um, he beat me with a belt regularly, punched me like a man regularly, and basically, I got to the age of 14 when I decided I'd had enough. I used to steal his drugs off him to feed my brothers and sisters because we weren't a lot of money in the house, and my mum was a drug user. So when I used to steal my dad's drugs, my dad used to blame my mum and beat my mum up. So <laughs> one day, mess. yeah, one day, I'm basically, I used to, I don't know kilos and kilos of drugs off my dad, but my dad never believed it was me, but he believed it was my mum. And then one day, when I was about 14, I'm in my room. Me and my friends had stolen some um, jeans, some trouser jeans um, from a lorry, and we are in my house counting them. And then my dad's turned up by beating up on my mum. The drugs that me and my friends had right. and that we were selling. So right. at that point, at that point, I've said to my friends, we've got to stop this, we've got to stop it. And then I picked up a bayonet. My friends picked up weapons. And I've run into the kitchen where my dad was beating my mum. And I put the bayonet out to his throat and told him to get out of my house, basically. Um, and I see the fear in his eyes. I pushed him back a little bit. He left my house. And then after that, I had to get a gun and then go and tell him in front of his friends that he ever come to my house again and put his hands on my mum that I'd kill him. And then all the beatings stopped from then. So I was the man of the house at 14 years of age.
0: Were you the oldest child?
1: No, I was the middle child.
0: How many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: Well, all together, there's... 16 brothers and sisters, but only four from my mum.
0: Oh, I see. 16 all together, but only four with your mother. Correct. And did you go to school growing up?
1: Um, I went to school for... I never went to secondary school. I only went to primary school. So by the time I was 11, I'd been kicked out of all the schools you could ever go to, basically. And then I got sent to a a school for naughty kids. They call them um, intermediate centres. Intermediate centres I used to go to. Intermediate treatment centre.
0: Right.
1: So I had to go there um, three, four days a week. But I was that bad, just that basically I got given some qualifications to leave the school i never actually <laughs> wow. sat any exams i never yeah. sat no exams they 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 asked me to leave the school and give me qualifications which was equivalent to the british gcses and they said i'll be get i'll be, I'll be able to get a job with them i left school and then a year later the authorities took me off my mum and put me in care of the local authorities, um, without going into too much detail. I was that bad behaved that they sent me to a, I live in England and they sent me to a, an out-of-bounds school in Wales, 40 miles from anywhere, in the middle of nowhere. And that was where I had to live and do with four other kids Someone would come in the morning, drop off our breakfast, and then leave. And then someone would come over the night time and stay with us throughout the night, and then leave in the morning when the guy came with the breakfast. And basically, I was that bad again, Jess, that when I ran away from this place, <laughs> yeah, the authorities was not aware I was gone until I was arrested at 17 years of age.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. When you Crazy. were when you were doing drugs at home with your mother there, and all this stuff been happening in school, did she know about all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what was she say? Yeah.
1: Nothing. My mom was smoking drugs. My mom was happy that I would give her drugs because, at the age of fourteen, fifteen, I was I was a. I'd already become a, a career criminal. Oh. I'd already been stealing. i already I was providing food, money for My sisters and my brothers, my nephews, my right. cousins, and my mum. Like, I, was, I used to steal quite a bit of money as a kid, you know.
0: I want to ask this so, your four brothers is at home, your four brothers and sisters, did they use drugs as well?
1: Unfortunately, they did, yes, yeah, but not as bad as me, and for not as long as me.
0: How old are you now?
1: I'm 49.
0: 49? Oh, okay. And so, I'm I was looking at one of your interviews, and you said that growing up, you didn't think that your father loved you.
1: No, I didn't. And
0: and what was that like to think that your father didn't love you? What did that? What was that like for you? Um,
1: honestly, it still hurts now. It still hurts now, even thinking about it. Um. It made me angry it made me angry it made me i, I just wanted to de- i just wanted to destroy lives i think yeah you know yeah. But i was just i wasn't ever happy i wasn't ever happy and i just became obsessed with destroying lives i'd imagine i think Looking at it retrospectively, with hindsight now, and a, a mature mindset, um, I could never, ever understand why I'd done what I'd done as a kid throughout my whole years. Right. Uh. I don't know what made me commit most of the violent... Well, I know what made me commit most of the violent crimes, but I don't know why I'd done it, because... I suppose thinking about it, from the beatings I got from my dad and the lack of love I got, my dad and the feelings it made me feel. Whenever I see other people being beaten or intimidated or bullied by anybody, I felt I had to protect them. I felt I had to protect them. So although my crimes were violent crimes and I've been associated with lots of atrocity, it was only against bad people that were doing bad things to good people if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And why did you think your father did not love you? Um, as a kid
1: what I know that my brothers and sisters wasn't my dad's children so when anything happened in my house I'd get beaten and no one else would ever get beaten so because of that I believed at that stage of my life that he didn't love me but now as a grown man through speaking to friends and family. I know he actually did love me and when he died in 2016, I actually made up with him. I forgave him and I told him I loved him. I know I thanked him. I thanked him for being strong enough to be me as much as he did to prepare me for the life I had. Because I've never I've never taken medication I've never taken sort of antidepressants. I don't think I've ever been depressed. And I think that's because as a kid growing up, I experienced all the abandonment, all the neglect, and all the physical abuse you physically could. So mentally, I was already accustomed to a mindset and a way of life, and it... So when I got hurt by people later in life, it never affected me. When people let me down and when people neglected me, it never affected me. Because my emotions became void. I wouldn't let nothing hurt me, you know. So emotionally and physically, nothing could hurt me.
0: So before Um, he died, he said that he loved you?
1: Yeah, he's, he's always told me he loved me, but I never believed him because... How could you? Ask, like, how? Like, it's like me, yeah. Like I can fight and I can box, and it's like me punching an eight-year-old in the face. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't burn a child's hand over the fire. I couldn't do that, so I could never understand why he could do them things.
0: When you were asking your mother if your father loved you what would she say no no i
1: believed everything my mom said about my dad that's why i hated my dad so much growing up
0: because of what she said about him yeah and was she was she lying about what she was saying
1: yeah 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 she lied about lots of things my mom and even at the funeral. I had a speech prepared for my dad's, because I got up to talk. But there was thousands of people at my dad's funeral. Somebody that came up to me on that day he was telling me everything about my life and everything And my dad told him he was proud of. And I couldn't believe how many people of sixty, seventy, eighty years of age actually knew who I was?
0: Oh, they knew who but you were because your father would talk about you all the time. Yeah. And so, did, did you hate your father? Be, about me. Did you hate your father because he beat you, or because of what your mother said about him? Because because of what my mom said. Wow. Because because I
1: my. Because of what my mum used to tell me, I'd say, fuck him. I ain't going to let him hurt me. When he used to beat my mum up, my mum would make her tell us or make us believe that he beat her up because she found out he had a girlfriend. Okay, But she never told us when she used to sleep with my dad's friends. Oh. Or when she... And she was a bit, She was a prostitute as well. So there's lots of hidden agendas with my mum that yeah. we wasn't aware of as children. And as I've got to know my mum, her history, her life, I've I, I found it very hard to forgive her after my dad passed, you know, because I feel, because of her hatred to my dad, she sort of prevented all us having a decent relationship with my dad and we alienated him forever in protection of my mum.
0: Amazing. And have you gone and forgiven her for what she did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
1: don't hold feelings to nobody. Everybody does what they do because they have to do what they've got to do in that situation for that moment and that time. And... Nobody's so, really responsible for what they do.
0: So, did you go Just, to your mother for, and, and uh, forgive her for turning you away from your father? I'm,
1: for everything. She's my mum, isn't it? Like,
0: and like, when you went day, to like, her, when you went to her and forgave her for what she had done, what did she say?
1: Not a lot. Not a lot. She, from her perspective. She don't think she's ever done anything wrong.
0: <laughs> what a mess! Yeah. <laughs> and so, how is your life now? We're running out of time here, and I'm disappointed because I had wanted to have you on for an hour. But how how is your life today? How's it going? Amazing. Good, man. Amazing. And so, you have having- Really is amazing you're having a better life as a result of forgiving your mother and father
1: um i'm having a better life uh forgiving everybody that's done me badness you know yeah like i don't even focus on my mom and dad i focus on what's coming like the most recent forgiveness was the guy that shot me five times you know and i hold no malice or bitterness towards him
0: right on You've been shot five you times? Know, I'll just forgive everyone, man. Everyone. Yeah. That's
1: amazing, man. Yeah, I got I got shot. I got shot my leg, my arm, my testicles, my forehead, here, and then my eye, because that's glass, look. <laughs> Whoa. That's glass.
0: What the? That's
1: yeah, so amazing. that's not real. So I got shot point-blank range in the eye. I got shot point-blank range all over. I never bled. I never passed out. And um, I never died. So it put me on course for a new journey.
0: Right on. Right on. Well, man, I really, we're about to run out of time, but I really wanted to talk to you, and I really enjoy talking to you because I wanted to understand all the stuff you had gone through. How is your life today? And because I tell yeah. people all the time, they need to forgive their mothers for turning them away from their fathers. And if you can love your father, you can love God. and You have an amazing life. And a lot of mothers yeah. turn the children away from their fathers, causing them to have that void, that emptiness, thinking that the father didn't love you, love them. And, yeah. the, and the worst thing that can happen to children, male and female of all races, is to be turned away from their fathers it's the worst thing, it, leave, it, just, it screws your life up, and leaves a void. But when you turn back yeah. to the father, you can have an amazing life. So I'm glad you went to your mother and forgave her for what she did to you. That was evil. And I, I'm glad your life is getting better for you, man.
1: Thank you very much, Jeff.
0: And we're gonna have you back, and uh, I know it was difficult getting hooked up because of the different locations, but I wish you well, uh, Marvin Herbert, and I would love to have you back one day, all right?
1: No, I'll be back on soon. I'm going to speak to the team. We'll get a, a proper time scheduled in where we can have an hour or hour and a half. It's not a problem. It's just there's a big com- com- confusion with the time right. difference between us. Today. Right on. Yeah? Well, God bless right. you, man. Now I your th- team. Yes, sir. Your team's got my number now, so they can speak to me direct, and we can sort this out. Right on. Now, for the next time, yeah?
0: That's right. God bless you, man. Thank you, Marvin. God bless you.
1: Thank you very much, Jess. Much
0: appreciated, sir. All right. You're welcome. All right, folks. All I am- have a great day. You too, buddy. Thank you. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jess Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it.